Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Atlanta Business Radio, spotlighting the city's best businesses and the people who lead them. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Atlanta Business Radio. I'm Katie Gallaty, and I'm joined today uh, by none other than Corey Rick, because it's time yet again for Tuesdays with Corey, brought to you by the Long-Term Care Planning Group. How are you doing, Corey? I'm doing great, Katie. Thank you. Awesome. So how are you doing today? Is it a you know, kind of rainy, but I don't know. It's kind of nice out. <laughs> hey, it's great. We're here. We've got another great show, and uh, just really happy to be here. Today, we have two stellar business owners, uh, Marcy. Fortnow, who has a company called Engaging Play. Marcy, welcome. Thank you, Corey. And Kim Ellett, who has a company called The Growth Coach. And, and we have a great show today for a number of reasons. We have two stellar guests, and we're also going to talk about an organization called NABO, the National National Association of Women Business Owners, and how it's really helped, how the organization has helped uh, female business owners grow their business. And we're going to talk about those two things today, those ladies and their businesses and the contributions that they've made. And we're going to talk about NABO. Mm -hmm. So we've got a great show, Katie, no doubt. Absolutely. I'm super excited. (laughs) Well, Marcy, it's it's great to have you this morning. How are you? Um, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Thank you, Corey. So Marcy, introduce yourself to the listenership and, and you know, engaging play and what it does and, and, and help us out that way. Okay, sure. Thank you, Corey. Um, so my company is called Engaging Play, and we do team building and bonding and training programs for companies, organizations, teams, basically groups of people who want to work better together, be more productive, and engage with fun. People working together, there's there's a concept. <laughs> That's right. That's right, Corey. Um, it's, you know, people are the most important resource of an organization, a company, especially in, with, in today's environment where unemployment is so low. And, um, and if you want to keep people doing their very best and um, staying with your company, feeling engaged, committed, accountable, then you need to build trust, you need to build connection, and, um, and it needs to be done intentionally. And that can be done with um, team building programs, it can be done through every piece of your training. It can be experiential <clears throat> learning, experiential activities can be woven into your organization to build that. Well, even though I've only known you a short while, uh, I, it doesn't surprise me that you've had success building trust and building organizations and sort of galvanizing teams. Um, how do you do that? Do you, do you go into a company and how do you figure out how to make the team stronger? Well, some organizations know that they need to do that. So they are out there looking for specifically team building and team bonding activities. Maybe they're combining it with their um, their annual meeting, or maybe they are actually planning their summer company picnic. So it can be a f- wide range of things. There's also organizations, companies, um, work groups that do their own training, and uh, they're delivering content that can be dry or PowerPointed. <laughs> and, um, and so I'll often work with existing trainers or people delivering content to make it more experiential and engaging. Because when people um, have kinesthetic experiences, you know, physical experiences and, ha- and bring fun into it, they learn better. So even organizations who are having their annual sales meeting and their, or their um, planning meetings and it's, it, it's a little dry, you need to get people up. You need people engaging in the content. And so sometimes I'm engaged just to uh, gamify or bring some, some fun into it. You are fun. There's no doubt that uh, you certainly bring that to the table. How did you decide that you needed to be an entrepreneur? What inspired you? Well, I actually have a background uh, in the software industry, believe it or not. I was in ERP, manufacturing and supply chain. I have, a, I have a bachelor's in psychology and then an MBA in operations and management policy. And, uh, and I went into the software side of manufacturing and supply chain doing ERP and ERP 
uh, implementations. What is ERP, Marcy? Um, enterprise resource planning. It's the kind of uh, underlying business system that runs an entire manufacturing and supply chain company. So it is the forecasting and the um, purchasing and the manufacturing and capacity planning to shipping to billing. It's the enterprise <clears throat> that runs that. And um, and I worked in that world in the U.S. and in Europe and um, doing implementations, training and development, change management, and um, and so I have this background in training and development and change management. And, and um, I left the corporate world uh, maybe 18 years ago um, just to do something different. We, we move a bit, my family. Um, and um, Yeah, because you haven't always lived in Atlanta, have you? No, I haven't. I'm originally from the Boston area, and I've lived in Chicago twice. And uh, New Jersey and the Netherlands. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, <clears throat> yes, on purpose, <laughs> on purpose. Uh, my uh, my husband is an academic and we're now with Georgia Tech. Oh. And so that's what brought us to Atlanta about five years ago. Um, but 15, 18, 15 years ago, um, we moved to Chicago and I decided it was time to just do something myself. Um was there, was there a certain jumping off point or was there a series of events that, that triggered having to do that? Or did you see something that, that could be added? Yes, yes, absolutely. Well, we were living in New Jersey and I worked for a Toronto-based company. I was traveling full time and, uh, and they had a massive layoff. They screwed up their public offering and I ended up um, on unemployed and about to look for another job when we decided we were moving back to Chicago. When I got to Chicago, I, um, I found that my kids were going to birthday parties at the bowling alley every week and nothing else. And I thought, well, you can do better than that. And I'm a creative person and I had been on the business side of things. I thought, what's, uh, what's so hard about being an entrepreneur? I, I can do that. I'll, I'll start a children's party business. And so my first business was called Half a Bashery and it still exists in Chicago. And we have a second location here in Atlanta, um, which I started when I moved here. Um, what's interesting is when I got to Atlanta, I found that the appetite for children's parties was not as big as the appetite for adults to play. And I kept getting calls from companies and organizations hmm. and boards who wanted to bring fun into their environment. And in order to do that and focus on that, I created engaging play. Um, even though we still have have a bashery operating, I'm completely focused in this new business for over the past year and a half. Really exciting. I also um, decided I needed some more tools in my box, and I uh, certified with John Maxwell, hmm. who's a leadership sure. uh, guru in this world. And and so I use a lot of his content. Yeah, he he's outstanding. Mm -hmm. Do do the two businesses do they do they uh, coincide? Do they are, are, is are there synergies between your two businesses? Um, there are, uh, and that is the engagement piece, because even with Have a Bashery, it's not about bringing characters in or doing the party supplies or the cake. It's about the <clears throat> engagement. In that business, we put together the games and the crafts and the activities, mm. and we bring them in to engage and to um, have people have, have the children and families have hands-on activities. We did that with schools, country clubs, parks, park districts, um, we do fairs, fundraisers. I have a, a really good network in Chicago of all those mm. things. That seems to me like it would be a tremendous resource for an individual that wanted to have any sort of party to be able to just say, hey, Marcy, uh, this is kind of what we're trying to do. There's going to be this many people and just hand it off. And to have it, is that what happens? They, they give you a concept and then you make it happen? With the activity, yeah. we don't do the food and we don't do the decorations. Yeah. That's we're not a traditional party planner. We are we do the engagement, mm. and so that translated very well to engaging play because it really is about connecting with people and giving them activity that fully um, incorporates the information that what you want to give them, what the way you want to make people <clears throat> feel. 
And, um, and I love that I get to go back to my business roots because I am a business person. Um, and, uh, and, and that's the thing that engaging play does. It brings back my, the training and development, the change management, um, all those other pieces of my experience and my work life into, uh, into engagement. And now, um, with the John Maxwell piece, I really get to focus more on leadership and communication and connection because that is what builds organizations and builds teams. So you have a lot of experience. You're training. You have uh, a degree in psychology. You have an MBA in operations. You've lived all over the world. You you've have this wealth of experience. I have to believe that's incredibly helpful to whoever you're trying to help out. And, you know, you have this sort of uh, uh, this business, uh, you know, have a bashery and you understand how important teamwork is. I, I have to believe that's really valuable. All those things put together, you know, in one person. Yeah, I, I hope so. <laughs> that's the idea. That's the idea that I get to draw on all sorts of experiences and that they come together. And that's and that's really it's been a very exciting journey to create this second business. How exactly do you get your clients, Marcy? Well, I do a lot of networking, um, and that's probably the primary thing. Um, I meet lots of people, and they have this need. It, it's a little bit, it's a little bit of a blue ocean. There's there's companies out there doing team building, but what I'm doing is bringing content into it and making learning experiential. So there are also people who deliver content and might play a game or something, but I'm really focused on the engagement and the connection. Um, so when people hear that, when you're networking, they instantly feel that need. They know, they know anybody in management, anybody in leadership knows that that is something we all have to work on with our teams to make, to bring the very best and people instantly feel like, wow, I really, you know, it could be better because everybody and it, and they know they need to focus on it. People do. Yeah. uh, Continual improvement is, is really important. How, how has your business evolved over the years? Well, um, adding new tools in my box has been very helpful, you know, with, um, with John Maxwell, um, working on some new certifications to bring more content and more depth to the training so that we're doing more training in addition to the play, not the play in addition to the training. It it all fits together. (laughs) Both those two things fit. I mean, can't you, don't you believe you can get more out of people if they're having fun while doing a task? Yes, that's exactly the point. I mean, that's that's kind of the point of your your two businesses, right? Mm-hmm. Get the right. most out of your people, make them relaxed, have them have fun. If people are relaxed, they're more likely to have fun. If they're relaxed and having fun, they're more likely to do a good job. Isn't that fair? That is. There's a. I, I heard uh, just the other day from uh, um, Darren Hardy was talking about the difference <clears throat> between um, workers or team members who are um, missionaries versus patriots. Patriots um, come after their work with their heart and their soul, and they give you everything. Right? That's how wars are won. Mm-hmm. Missionaries come at it for the pay, and you want to make sure that you pull together. Uh, patriots. And how do you build that? You build that with connection. You build that with caring. What gives you the most satisfaction in your business? Um, I, I love to, to, to focus on communication. Um, and uh, I recently have uh, did some work up at Duke University with hmm. uh, their PhD engineering program. I've been up there a couple of times, and those are obviously very smart people. Um, yes, but sometimes they need help with around some what we what we might think of as basic things, like how do I communicate? How do I lead? Hmm. How do I? mentor. And, um, and that's been very satisfying work where, where really smart people need a little bit of help to be really excellent. Yeah. And I think it's, it's a credit to them that they realized, Hey, here's something that we could get better in. And, you know, we want to call in a subject matter expert or SME as we refer to it and, and, and get the help we need and get better. That's right. And, and you know what, 
playing with them is so much fun. Yeah. We do a lot of building games. That's an example of where, you know, it's engineer clients. Our games are focused around building and mm. engineering kinds of activities because that's something they get and connect with. Mm. And then, okay, well, what happened? How, how is, um, how did, how did we communicate? What kind of leadership popped up? You know, activities are just activities, right? A, an escape room, a cooking event, uh, a ropes course, but it's really about how you also debrief it and how you, um, pull out what, you know, what happened, what happened now? So what, why is that important? Okay, now what? How do we bring this back into our lives? How do we bring this back into the office or the workplace or into my daily practice? What's the most challenging thing about your business? Every time uh, I'm working with a new client, they need something new. <laughs> there's not, there's, I might reuse some of the activities or the games, but the truth is what you want to pull out of it is unique for every group. And the way they approach it is always different. You might have had that particular building activity at the, um, at, at, with an engineering group, but if you're with a bunch of creatives, it comes out completely different and what they ha what happens is different and what we need to pull out of it is different. So it's always very unique. It's really very custom work that I do. What kinds of clients, uh, are you looking for? Do you have a certain vertical? Do you have a certain... What, what metrics do you look for in a client, Marcy? Well, um, recently I've done some work with um, a company that uh, merged with another company. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's um, more of some more work that I'd like to get into. I think that when that makes you're sense. talking about two different cultures coming together, that's very exciting work because there's so much need there, right? There's, and there's so much potential and opportunity yeah. to 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 bring out, to do the best practices. And, and in terms of leadership, you know, culture, the, the kinds of things we're talking about are very top down. So mm -hmm. bringing, uh, being brought in by leaders who want to see that kind of synergy and culture work done. It's very, that's very exciting. I also like the academic environment. Yeah. You've been a 15 year member of NABO. If you would tell us, tell the listenership how NABO has assisted you and uh, you've ascended to a, a, a very strong leadership position now as the president. Tell us about how NABO has helped you in your business. Sure. Sure, Corey. I love to talk about NABO. It's very near and dear to my heart. I, um, I joined NABO, as you said, 15 years ago when I lived in Chicago and mm. I started that first business, Have a Bashery. I found that I... I started trying to network. And I found that when I was at chambers or other, net, you know, traditional networking environments, that when I mentioned that I had a kids focused business, I kind of got shut down. Like people weren't very interested or didn't think it was very serious. Um, hmm. I had a very different reaction when I networked with women, women who understood what it was to start a business, who respected entrepreneurship for what it is, no mm -hmm. matter if you're, um, selling jewelry or you're building a multi-million dollar, uh, company mm -hmm. with, you know, hundreds of employees, it, it doesn't matter. You still, you still have the same challenges and, um, and women network differently than men. Yes. And I found it a very, uh, kind place, a very sharing place, a place where women reached back and helped <clears throat> each other. Um, I don't think I could say what I did with my head held up when I first got to NABO or anywhere. And that's really hard for me to believe. Yeah, <laughs> it was for me too. Let me tell you, it was, it was like such a entrepreneurship is so challenging mm -hmm. and, uh, pushes every button you possibly have. It does. And, <clears throat> And, um, and you just don't know <laughs> what you don't know about yeah. it. And, um, and so I found, uh, that, that it was a place that I learned to hold my head up and say what I did proudly and learned about, I think I met my first business coach at, uh, NABO in fact, and, um, and I've had one ever since quite frankly. So, um, it was, it was an important part of my development as a business owner. 
And um, when I moved to Chicago, I'm sorry, from Chicago to Atlanta five mm-hmm. years ago, it's the first organization I looked up. Yeah. I went right away to find the NABO group here. And it is a fabulous organization here. It's certainly smaller than Chicago. Um, that's a large chapter. This, there are 60 chapters across the country. And um, and so I, I very quickly found my home here and then joined leadership. And yes, now I'm president. It sounds like NABO has, uh, has really, really helped you. And tell us about your role with NABO as the president. What does that entail? Well, um, I, we have a board of 12 uh, people at this time. And, um, and we support an organization of almost 100. Mm. Um, we are part of a national um, organization. So that means that we... Um, that part of your membership supports national advocacy and organization and information. Um, and then locally, we, we run four to five events per month. Mm. We are very, very busy for such a, we are mighty, we're small, but mighty. And, uh, and that means we engage, um, we have a Friday forum, which is like a business roundtable discussion mm. group, which actually I, uh, brought from Chicago. It's a concept I, uh, we did not have here before. That's a good idea. Yes. Yes. We get to talk about topics and share best practices and really, you know, connect. We, we might have a facilitator in the room, but it's really about sharing and learning from each other. And there's so many varieties of businesses that we have in our membership that there's lots to learn, right? You can look at things completely differently if you're talking to a lawyer versus um, a business coach versus a manufacturer. I, I know NABO has done, uh, from where I sit, some tremendous things for uh, uh, women business owners and uh, in terms of ad- advocacy, and we're going to focus a little bit more about that at the end of the show. Marcy, you've been invited on the show because you are successful and you've been uh, introduced by someone else that's been on the show. Tell us what sets you apart. Um, well, I think it's that uh, that I am committed to experiential training. Like I'm committed in, in my business uh, to making sure people connect to the material or connect to each other or whatever we're doing in an experiential way. And I love to come up with activities that pull that out. And I am a master facilitator. So that's, I think, the, the thing that's really unique about me. And I don't think a lot of people are in this space. Yeah. If you could give the younger version of Marcy some advice, knowing what you know now, what, what would that be? Um, well, not to let your fears and insecurities and all that good stuff get in your way. You got to you got to be very brave as an entrepreneur. And I didn't realize that it would push those buttons. But yes, you must. So I would tell Marcy to be brave and be courageous. Well, obviously, you've done all those things. Uh, after 18 years, you're still here and your business is doing very well. Thank you. If there was a young lady out there, Marcy, that wanted to follow in your footsteps, what advice would you have for her? Um, if you have that calling to be an entrepreneur, if you, you either do or you don't, right? (laughs) There are people who have jobs and, and are successful doing the work that they need to do and are engaged in their companies. That's great. And if you're an entrepreneur and you have that itch, then you should absolutely give it a shot. We are the, it is the fastest growing segment of this economy. Yeah. Marcy, you've been a great guest. And if the listenership wanted to get a hold of you, how would they do that? Um, Sure. Well, I'll give you my phone number. (laughs) Um, So I can be reached at um, Marcy at engagingplay.com. And the number is 404-832-5144. And um, I'm still uh, building out my latest version of my website, but it is engagingplay.com. Well, Marcy, you've been a great guest, uh, continued success. Congratulations on all the things that you've done in your business and uh, contributing to Novel. Thank you for being a guest on the show. Thank you. Thanks, Corey. Well, Kim, it's your turn. How are you this morning? Good morning, Corey. I'm great, thanks. Thanks so much for having me. We have Kim Ellett on the show. She has a company called The Growth Coach, and she helps people get better. She helps business owners uh, grow and get better. Tell us about... What you do, Kim? 
Well, thanks, Corey. I am, I'm a certified professional coach. What does that mean? Well, it means I actually went to school to become a coach um, and do the training and earn the certification to make sure I am really being able to help clients, help owners, help leaders be the best version of themselves. There are a lot of people that call themselves a coach. They get downsized out of corporate America and they decide, well, I'll coach. And that's all fine, well and good. But to me, it was really important to go through the coaching school and earn the certification so I really can bring the best and offer the best service to my clients. How long have, how long was the training that you had to go through? The program I went through was about a year and a half. It was intensive. Yes, it was very intense. Um, A lot of online work, a lot of live, um, three live module weekends, um, a lot of practice coaching with our peers, as well as a certified coach that we had to coach to earn. um, We had to take an exam in order to earn our certification. So I proudly display that CPC, Certified Professional Coach, after my name because I worked hard for it. Yeah, that's a big deal. Uh, It seems to me that you have uh, sort of the theoretical component of that, but you also have the getting your hands dirty on the street component of it. And Absolutely. you have to prove that you know those things because you have the testing in the, right. and, and the, and the, and the, and there's the. a big difference between coaching and consulting and there's a need for both. Yes. Um, and for me, the coaching really is, gets down to the nitty gritty to help people be the best version of themselves. So the, you know, with coaching, how do you have trouble sometimes getting people to understand that they need help? I mean, because a lot of times business owners, they think they, they don't think they need it. Right. And I also have some, sometimes people have a hard time referring me because they think they're telling someone that there's something wrong or they're broken. So what I like to do. That's a good point. Yeah. So how do you get around that? What I like to do is I say, think about Serena Williams, Michael (sighs) Phelps, two of the most talented people in their fields. They both have a coach Yeah. because their coach is going to help them see another version, see how they can go bigger, bad, better, faster. They, you know, Michael Phelps could sit and certainly sit back and say, well, I've got, you know, a few gold medals. And this coach is like, that's great, Michael. Congratulations. Get back in the pool because yeah. you can do more. Yeah. And so that's what I do for business owners, really help them create a bigger version, look at something from a different perspective. Well, I think it helps to have another set of eyes on the issue, right? Because I think as being a business owner myself, uh, sometimes you can get so close to the object and not really see anything. Absolutely. It's really important to have that outside perspective and also to have a sounding board because a lot of times, you know, the, the adage, it's lonely at the top because business owners don't necessarily have the opportunity. It's not the same thing to confide in their team or sometimes even their spouse because they don't get it at that level. And so working with a business coach really is beneficial to have that outside support, that outside perspective to be that sounding board and that cheerleader really at the same time. Yeah. And, and, and somebody that's a third party that has a vest, vested interest in you getting better, but not trying to necessarily sell you something. Exactly. Um, and, and, you know, sometimes that's hard to find as, as a business owner because, you know, everybody wants, uh, it, can be, it can be interpreted that everybody sort of wants to sell you something. And, and, and really, sometimes what you need is to hear the truth, whether as unvarnished as possible. Yes, Exactly. And, and sometimes, um, you know, when I usually start working with a client, I'll say, how do you want to be coached? Do you want me to be, you know, really like down and dirty in your face? Or do you want me to kind of sugarcoat it a little bit? But I'm going to tell you the truth. If That's you don't- a really good point, too, because a lot of people, uh, a lot of people, they can handle the directness. They can mm-hmm. handle, you know, as my dearly departed father would say, the woodshed conversation out behind you know, being direct and, and others, you've got to be more, I would imagine, sort of more velvet gloved. Mm-hmm. But I'm still going to say the truth. Yeah. I'm not going to, you know, it's not going to do anyone any good yeah. if we keep pretending. That's one of the big cores of what I do is, is really look, facing reality is a big piece of business success. You offer a lot of, uh, to me, a lot of important services to business owners. Uh, I think that, you know, you have a number of different services that you offer. And I, to me, one of the things that certainly one-on-one coaching, everybody needs that. No matter how good you are, you can always get better. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. I think everyone can, continuous improvement is what I'm committed to. But one thing that, that, that several things 
stood out for me on your website, which by the way, is v- extremely well done. One of them is business valuation. Well, I, I appreciate you bringing that up. So the growth coach, after I earned my certification and began coaching clients, I, I realized that um, there were other needs besides helping them look at where they are, where they wanted to go. And so I started looking around for another tool to add to my tool belt. So I bought the Atlanta office of the growth coach. And one of the things I love about their group coaching programs is the fact that they are certified by NASBA, which Mm. means that CPAs can do our coaching programs and they can earn their CEUs at the same time. And the credibility of that really spoke to me. And so there are some of the tools that I use from the growth coach that really fit with my business model, business valuation is not one of them. So when I have clients that ask for business valuation or some of the other things that are on the, um, the growth coach website, I have other peers that I refer people to. So business valuation and financing your business are not something that I personally do, but I do have connections. That's one of the things I love to do is help people connect with what else they need, what other resources they need to build their business. Yeah. I mean, we, we don't, and that's any business owner, right? I mean, you don't have to know everything about everything, but you do need to know where to go Mm -hmm. uh, because there's a danger in having the client go somewhere else where there's a different relationship and, and that could be upset. But I I think I brought that up because uh, a lot of business owners um, don't realize that it takes a number of years to get a business ready to sell you have to recast the financials a lot of times. You have to make adjustments. You have to find a buyer. And it's not just as, as simple as hanging a sign out saying, hey, I want to sell my business. Absolutely. And it's important to sort of begin with the end in mind. We've heard that adage. So if you're starting your business, it's important to think about where do I want to be in five, 10 yeah. years? What is your exit strategy? Yes. And those are important pieces to put in systems, processes, making sure you're measuring your, your numbers, putting those things together so that one day you would have something that you could sell. What do you find is the most challenging thing about what you do? I think the most challenging thing is getting people to realize the benefit of working with a coach. Um, that once they do start working with me, they really are like, "Wow, why didn't I do this sooner?" Yeah. And um, hindsight being twenty twenty. Yes, exactly, exactly. Um, that to me seems to be the the most challenging thing. How do you, how do you get your clients? I, I do a lot of networking. I'm very involved in NABO also. You in, are. Um, and also in um, the Cobb Chamber of Commerce. And um, I just, I do a lot of networking and referral um, partnerships as well. Um, word of mouth. Yeah. Do you, what part of your business gives you the most satisfaction? You know, what I absolutely love is working with a business owner or leader and seeing the light bulb go off, Yes, having them get to a place that they never thought they could get because they hadn't even imagined it yet. You know, when we first start working together, they've got this viewpoint of, okay, I could get maybe from, from A to B, but they don't even think about what F, G, H or, you know, Y or Z could look like until we get to the B, C, then they can see another version. So another level of of where they could go. So it seems to me you're, you help them really sort of look at the big picture, which involves a lot of business owners are just tuned into 30, 60, 90 days. And you're saying, Hey, let's, let's look beyond that. And let's figure out what we have to do to get to this market, this point. And you set metrics and, and right. That's, that's what you do. Well, exactly. I mean, we definitely look at the big picture. Where do you want to be in a year, five years? What is your exit strategy? But then it's also important to keep that in mind, but then to put together your 36, actually really focus on 90 day plans. Um, it's a good business segment so that you are look, keeping your vision in mind, but then you're putting your action steps in place and you're, and then holding them accountable. Accountability is huge. Everybody can come up with, well, I kind of want to do this, but that's a, a wish list without the accountability and the action steps, then you're not going to really accomplish things. How, what do you like the most about what you do? I, I love working with business owners, leaders, and teams to help them create a bigger, better version and vision of what they can do, be, and have. A lot of times people get really stuck in their own limiting beliefs or doubts or 
yeah, buts, I like to say, you know, like if you say, well, where would you, what would you like to do? I want you to get all the yeah, buts. Yeah, but I'd have to go back to school. Yeah, but I'm too old. Yeah, but whatever those yeah, buts are, put them away for a little bit. That's funny. So you can think about if all those were out of the way, what you really, really like to do. And they might say, somebody told me one time they wanted to win the lottery. And I was like, okay, why do you want to win the lottery? And they said, well, I've always wanted to travel around Europe. And I'm like, okay. So what you really want to do is travel around Europe. Let's get this obstacle of winning the lottery out of the way. And let's figure out how do you travel around Europe? So I really love helping peel back the layers, helping them get to the core of what they want to do and then figure out how to get there. It sounds like as a coach, it seems to me what you're doing is you're helping people be more brave. Would that be fair? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And look at things in a perspective that they had never even considered as a possibility. Isn't part of your role also making people comfortable and comfortable enough to be brave, to take, make that, you know, next uncomfortable step or to make that call or to make whatever necessary adjustment it is in their business. I mean, isn't that a big part of what, of what you do? It's a big part of what I do to help provide that sort of safety, if you will, that, yeah. that I've got you, I've got your back. We're going to do this together. It's, you've got to get out of your comfort zone. If yes. you're going to really make any change, you've got to take some risks. Being a business owner, being a business leader, a manager definitely involves risks and in getting out of your comfort zone, but we got this, we're going to do this together. How do you do that? I mean, you have to establish trust almost immediately it seems, and that I got your back. I mean, how do you do that? How, do you, how does Kim do that? I really do it by listening and asking those questions, asking the questions that, you know, are going to get deep. They're going to get to the core of what do you really value? What do you really want to accomplish? What lights you up? I've actually had some clients that thought they were going to go in one direction. And when we started working together and helping them get more centered and more focused on what's really important to them, they went in a different direction. Hmm. So I'm committed to my clients being the best and having the most satisfaction and happiness they can have. So are you helping them personally as well as professionally? Well, you really can't separate the person from their business. So we will definitely- That's true. You really can't. So some of the issues that are going to come up in business probably are going to come up in personal, vice versa. If you've got someone who's had some um, obstacles in their personal life, it's going to affect mm. the business. So mm -hmm. yeah. I really meet my clients where they are and where, what they want to talk about. Work-life balance. Do you talk to your clients about that? Absolutely. And how do you help them get that? Well, it's really important to realize that the, there's a concept about the equality of all the plates that you're holding being the same. And I help them dispel that myth. It's not like you're going to try to keep everything perfectly balanced at once because that is crazy making. <laughs> but, but to look at, all right, what are you going to focus on? What do you want to spend your time on now? You know, we're going to maybe set something aside for a second while you really focus on this. And what is the most important thing you want to focus on first? Hmm. It's all important, but what do you want to focus on first? And then what are we going to, what kind of action plan? And then how do you build in time? It's important to build in time for the personal life. I have one client, he actually wrote on one of his evaluations that one of the things he's, he owns a CPA firm and a successful firm. And he wrote on one of his evaluation forms that he likes that I remind him to, to plan a date night with his wife regularly. So um, you do have to put both of those in there. You don't want to just be all business. You don't want to just be all about the, um, you know, the personal issues. Oh, I think you're right on target with that. Um, when did you decide that you needed to be an entrepreneur? Well, um, it's interesting. I um, was, it was through a series of unexpected events hmm. that led me to that. Um, my background is in the hospitality industry. When I graduated from the University of Georgia, I have to put a plug in there, um, I went into the hospitality. They industry. play football in Athens, don't they? Yeah, yeah, they do. It's nice to see them winning again. They won when I was there, and now they're winning again. Um, so I... Um, I went into the hospitality industry, hotels, mm. um, meetings, conventions, part of the industry. I produced corporate events, worked for small to medium-sized organizations. <laughs> left that to, so I have sort of segments, left that to um, become a full-time parent. Had three children in 18 months. You can do the math. Yes, my twins were born when my oldest daughter was 18 months old. Um, I helped my, uh, I helped start a commercial general contracting firm. 
We also had four men's hair salon franchises. Hmm. And um, I also ended up sort of accidentally on the Georgia State PTA board for a couple of years. So very busy, a lot of different, um, yeah, I'll say. a lot of different activities, um, a lot of different places to make a difference. And then I had an unexpected um, event uh, about seven years ago. I got divorced and had an opportunity I'm to figure to out, you know, sometimes they think you have to realize it's what I help my clients with too, is realizing that things happen for us, not to us. And what a great point. Yes. And, and so that's been the, that's been the, the best thing that could have happened for me is to look at what am I really passionate about? And I have to tell you, it wasn't men's haircuts. So I, um, <laughs> although I, a lot of us need that assistance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, nothing against it, but I realized that wasn't my passion. So I sold my interests in our business mm. and I decided to go back to school for coaching. Mm. And, um, I toyed around with getting back into marketing and PR, which had been my background. And I did a little part-time work with that, um, with another business owner, but I decided to be brave and just jump off the, the edge in full, you know, full force and went back to school for coaching. And I really wanted to help other people realize they could do it too. You don't have to get stuck in that course that you're on. You can, you can really be brave and do something that lights you up. Well, you're helping people get unstuck. You're helping them you know, access their potential and you're helping them be brave. Uh, that to mm -hmm. me has a lot of value. Um, what, tell us a little bit about your involvement with NABO. Well, I've been a member of NABO for about a year, almost a year. And, um, and love it. I yeah. went, when I started visiting that group, I realized that these group of, um, women business owners, just really a good energy in the room. But, um, and I, you know, I'm someone that likes to make a difference. Um, yeah. I got really involved with the, the PTA that I didn't expect to, but um, really had a good experience with that. And when I started hearing about Nabo's story, about the way that the group was founded, um, about a group of women who were business owners in the mid-70s that weren't allowed to join the Chamber of Commerce because they were women. Is that true? Yes, it is Solely true. because they're women. Yes. In the 70s. I know. It's hard to believe for, especially for men, <laughs> it, but it's true. It, it is hard to believe. Yeah, it is hard to believe. And, and they decided that if they weren't invited to the table, they would start their own table, which is how NABO was formed. And um, the work that they did, well, I know we're going to talk about this a little bit later when we yes. get to the NABO seg segment. But then when I got, when I met Marcy for it now, um, we had met in another organization. She actually um, said, you need to come check out NABO. And um, she's such a dynamic leader and a wonderful friend that I couldn't say no to her when she... Uh, I don't imagine many people do. <laughs> exactly. That I, um, I joined the board as yeah. vice president of education and have enjoyed helping um, bring education to, to the members as well. What types of programs are you bringing to the members as VP of Education of NABO? Well, what I'm really excited about is coming up this week, actually. Um, NABO, as, as I mentioned, is an advocacy organization. Yes. And um, we have a candidates forum for the governor's race coming up this Thursday. Where's it at? It's at the Georgian Club for our Lunch and Learn. And we have uh, two female dynamic leaders who are each representing their, their candidate. We have um, Martha Zoller, who is going to be representing candidate Brian King. Kemp, hmm. And we have Becky Arrington, who's going to be representing uh, candidate Stacey Abrams. And we're going to be talking about business issues. NABO is a bipartisan organization. Mm -hmm. So we're going to stri strictly stick to business issues and what each candidate stands for, for women in business in Georgia. That should be excellent. I mean, the, the one, the, the NABO event that I attended recently was extremely impressive and uh, inclusive and, and, and for me, very enlightening about all the contributions that NABO has made uh, as advocacy for women's businesses. And, and we're going to talk about how that's evolved. Um, how has your business evolved over the years? Um, well, as, as um, most business owners have gone through those stages where you're kind of that deer in headlights, not really sure where to start. And then you just keep, that keep sounds familiar. It. Yeah. But you just keep at it. You work with your outside coaches as well and you keep, keep going. And so I've, I've grown with the size of businesses that I'm working with and the types of services that I provide. Um, and 
the impact, I think, has been the biggest thing, getting more involved with the community as well. Well, it sounds like you've really enjoyed it. And uh, to me, from looking at your website and knowing you, you've added tremendous value uh, in helping people get unstuck. That's a really, that's a thing. I mean, business owners get stuck. Do you, would you agree? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and then convincing them or helping them understand, be a little bit more brave and, and, and you can, you know, make a quantum leap. Definitely. And we actually, um, a lot of times a, a a leader, a business owner will hire me because they have a particular issue that they're looking to solve. For example, I had one person hire me because his company was really going through a tremendous amount of turnover. He was having a difficult time um, maintaining, hmm. retaining his um, his employees, hmm. especially with the younger generation. And so he, he wanted me to come in and basically fix those employees. And of course, when you that's really not a thing. you know. So when we started working together... We were able to peel back the layers and realize, okay, so first of all, he and his business partner had not clearly reset their vision from the previous nine years. They started their business nine years before. They hadn't had a chance to look at where are we going now. So if they haven't got a clear vision of where they're going, then how are their employees going to get them there? So that was one of the biggest things we looked at. And then also the communication, the leadership style, and how to get not just the right people on the bus, but making sure they understand where the bus is going and that they have uh, value to contribute. Would you agree that don't people quit bosses? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And so working with the bosses to help them, um, to help them be a better version of themselves, to get, to get their blinder, take their blinders off and clearly communicate where it is they want the business to go and get their employees engaged, mm. not just telling them, but we're in a different age now. You've got yeah. a, we, the younger generation has a lot of value to bring to the business world. Yeah. And it's, it's shifting mindsets. A lot of the work I do is shifting the mindset from the way things used to be, but also a that's lot the way we've always done it. Exactly. You've never heard that, right? Exactly. And so one of the biggest things I love to do is work with business owners who typically have a passion for what it is that they do. You know, I use the analogy of the person who's got a fantastic cookie recipe who thinks, oh, I would be a great bakery owner. And they don't realize that the skill set it takes to be a, a fabulous baker is different than what mm. it takes to own a successful bakery. And so that's a lot of the work I do is shifting their mindset to being that strategic business owner, mm. having that CEO mindset to grow their business and not just make great cookies. Kim, you've been invited on the show because you're successful. Uh, you've impacted a lot of people favorably and you've been favorably introduced by a former Tuesdays with Corey guest. Tell us what you think sets you apart from your competitors. I think one of the things is I've been there. I've gone through a lot of the ups and downs. That I'll bet people, that is very helpful. It really is. People really um, appreciate that I can relate as somebody who's been there yeah. and um, that I can help them pick themselves up by their bootstraps, if you will, um, yeah. and, and give them kind of what they need. They might need a hug or they might need the kick in the pants. And so to be able to have that sort of intuition to understand what it is that they need in that moment, hmm. I think is one thing that sets me apart. Yeah. If you could give the younger version of Kim some advice, what do you think that would be? <clears throat> it would be um, stick with it. There's going to be a lot of bumps and twists along the way. Um, and uh, just throw your hands up and enjoy the ride. Yeah. Don't give up. You got this. If there were a young lady that wanted to follow in your footsteps, what would you tell her? What advice would you give her? Um, I would give her the advice to look for mentors, look for mm. a coach, look really for somebody important. who can, can really be there for you. That sounding board, that encouragement, you don't have to do it all by yourself. Yeah. That's sage advice. Kim, if a listenership wanted to get a hold of you, how would they best do that? You can call me um, at 404-312-3207, or you can email me. My name is Kim Ellett, so my email address is the letter K, and the last name is Ellett, E-L-L-E-T, at thegrowthcoach.com, and my website is www.thegrowthcoachatl.com. 
Very, very impressive website. Kim, you've been a great guest. Uh, congratulations on your success. I appreciate all your contributions to your organization and to your industry and to NABO. And uh, now it's going to bring us to talking about NABO, and we'll bring both Marcy and Kim in here. Uh, we've heard a lot about how NABO has impacted your business. Um, this said, isn't the purpose of NABO to really advance female business owners? Is, is that a fair characterization? Uh, that's correct. That's correct. It's part of their creed is that they lift women business owners uh, to economic and um, social spheres of influence. Isn't October an important month for, for NABO ladies? Yes, yes. It's, um, <clears throat> it is uh, the 30th anniversary of HR 5050. And what's which is that? The Women's Business Ownership Act. What's so great about this is it's actually shocking for many people to realize, and was to me when I realized that it was just 1988 that the Women's Business Ownership Act was passed. And one of the most significant parts of that was that it allowed women business owners to borrow money in their own name. Before that, that, that is shocking. Yes. To me. Before that, they, if they wanted to take out a loan for their business, they had to get a male, a man, even their 18 year old son to co-sign with them because they weren't allowed to borrow money in their own name. So that was one of the main um, accomplishments of HR 5050. It also has set up women's business centers and programs through the Small Business Association. Another um, interesting thing about October is it's Small Business Month. So, Yeah, Kim, I, I want to add one other thing, that prior to HR 5050, women's businesses were not counted in the census. And that is another thing it did. Why do you suppose that is? Because it was considered that women's businesses were macrame, I heard quoted, macrame and candle making in the basement. Um, that that it wasn't considered that women had substantial, um, economically viable businesses. Hmm. So there were 6,000, I think, uh, women businesses that were not counted in the census until 88. Right. They weren't counted in, in the business impact for the country. They were just totally overlooked. That's right. So that, I don't that, even those, know what to say to that. <laughs> so those three major things that H.R. 5050 passed, um, it was written and pushed through from the founders of NABO, those women who got together yeah. uh, just uh, five years before and... Um, or sorry, 10 years before. And it was signed into, um, signed in by President Reagan. I just, I don't even know what to say. That's really, but what an incredible, um, what an incredible act and what an incredible advocacy play, if you will, for, uh, for female business owners. I had no idea. Yeah. And we're going to celebrate. We're celebrating it, uh, all month with the, uh, program that, um, uh, the governor's race program that, uh, Kim talked about that we'll be having, um, now can anyone October. come to that Marcy? Oh yes. Yes. Just register on naboatlanta.org. Um, and, uh, and absolutely. And that's at the Georgian club. And then we're also going to have a party. Because we love to party. Nobody, nobody likes that. <laughs> nobody likes that. We're going to have a party on October 30th, and you can register also on the website to uh, join us. It's sponsored by Bank of America, hmm. and uh, it's going to be lots of fun. We have a signature cocktail. It's going to be teal, which is the color of Nabo. <laughs> so this Thursday's event, what time does it start at the Georgian Club? It's 1130 to 130. Okay. Or 1. One is the programming, and then we and then they sign up online, so you can have record of them, and then they pay their fee. And but but anyone That's can come. Anyone can come because that to me seems like it would be uh, an incredible value add that Nabo is putting on. Uh, you know, to have. You know that sort of forum that's bipartisan that talks about both candidates, and um, I think that's very clever on your part to have done that. Well, um, you know, our, our origin is in advocacy. And so we want to make sure that we're putting officials into place that, that care and support women in business. Oh, that makes sense. Uh, is Noble looking for new members? Always, always. Uh, we look for, uh, we really target the middle market, the mid-sized businesses. What does that mean? Um, what does that mean? Uh 
that means um, at least, you know, five to 10 years uh, in business. Um, we have always we have opportunities for new business owners. We know that they love to find us because it's wonderful to be around other women. You don't need to be all by yourself. Um, we're also starting a mentorship program to help people who are earlier in the earlier stages of their business. And then, um, and then people in women in larger businesses, uh, we have what's called the circle, which is for women who have businesses over a million dollars. And that is a national program. Hmm. And what, what is, what is that? What's involved with that? Well, you need to own a business that, that has over a million dollars in revenue. And then you join the circle, which is a, a, an additional group mm -hmm. to NABO. It's within NABO, but it's an additional membership. And they have three retreats a year. Mm -hmm. They have uh, online training and meetings. Um, it's, a, it's a special group. That sounds uh, uh, very valuable. Very valuable because there aren't uh, a lot of women. I think it's 3% of women business owners are in that category and they need to find each other. So we give yeah. that opportunity for women to connect and know that they're not alone, whether they're solopreneurs or, they're, or they run large organizations. What other, uh, do you have other ideal members that you're looking for? I mean, it seems like you're able to cater to somebody that's relatively new, relatively established, and somebody that, you know, we, you, you referenced the circle, the million dollar in revenue and up. It seems like NABO is in a position to really help a lot of the majority of female business owners. You know, one of the things that sets NABO apart, because there are so many networking organizations out there and um, associations, and there are some, there are several that target women, uh, women leaders as well. But NABO is the only organization that has an advocacy route that is, that incorporates that advocacy piece for business owners, for women. And we're the only membership drive, membership-based organization that has the, the advocacy piece as well. So that's a really important thing. Whether you are in actively engaged yourself in advocacy, the organization is working on your behalf. That's right. And actually, we, re <clears throat> we represent 11 million business women business owners across the country. Whether hmm. you're a member or not, your your voice is heard in Washington. Well, that's a good NABO. point. You're you're advocating. I mean, I would imagine that the organ, you know, NABO has folks that spend a good bit of time in, in Washington trying to uh, get legislation that's that helps female business owners. Is that fair? Mm -hmm. That's well, correct. We actually have some paid staff. Um, really? And, yes, and we have a, a paid staff. Um, advocacy chair is that her title? <laughs> well, that's her role. Um, in, in Washington, D.C., Marcy and I were able to attend, and, and our president-elect, Bonnie Daniker, we attended the Advocacy Day conference in D.C. this past June. How was that? Uh, it was excellent. It was um, really exciting to see how many other NABO chapters from around the country were there and um, have senators and representatives, don't ask me to quote which ones were there, that came. Actually, we, we there was a, um, a special... Um, Signing while we were there um, oh, on right. the insurance. Um, yes, yes. Um, organizational insurance uh, that that uh, individual solopreneurs could um, get insurance through their associations. That it was something they, they signed through. that into law. I don't know if we've actually seen any uh, marketing no of kidding. it yet, but they signed into law that the changes that would allow or, uh, larger organizations to offer insurance um, to their members. Again, we haven't seen anything happen since then, but they announced that to us that it was signed that day. I thought it was also very interesting to meet with SCORE representatives or, uh, you know, small business association. Because what is, what is SCORE? Oh, it's, it's retired um, executives. It's the RE is retired executives, but it's, it's a um, small business association is what um, I think. Right, right. We, we, we really met with the Small Business Association, but we talked about what they're doing to include more women-focused businesses. And, and, uh, and I thought that was a particularly interesting thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Some the programs are offering. Um, we also, um, I just came back um, with Bonnie from the National Women's Business Conference that was in Spokane, Washington this year. Um, <clears throat> How was it? It's run by NAVO, and it's it was... Fabulous. We had um, speakers and training and and uh, really getting together with 
other members of NABO from all over the country. It was an excellent event. The next one is in October mm. next year, uh, and it'll be in Jacksonville, Florida. So we're going to have a really fabulous attendance from Atlanta. And I, I didn't get to go to the Spokane one, but wasn't Elizabeth Gilbert, the author of Eat, Pray, Love, one of the mm. main speakers yes. of the program? One of the keynote speakers yeah. and also one of the founders of Soul Pancake. That was my favorite speaker mm. uh, on the second day. Yeah. Awesome. Having attended a, a recent novel event, I came away very impressed, uh, not only with the value that they're providing their members, but the fact that they're advocating for people that are not members and doing things that other non-novel members can benefit from, like, you know, HR 5050, being able to get loans and things of that nature. I, I just, uh, they've, they've done a lot of great things in a short period of time, at least from where I said, what what else would you have people understand about NABO that, that we maybe haven't talked about that in my advanced age I haven't brought up? Well, I, I think you can't make too much of the, um, the sisterhood, <laughs> the environment, the culture. Um, people come to our meetings. I don't know if you caught this, Corey, but there is a vibe in the room. These are women who get it, who know what it's like. They're, this is a special group of entrepreneurs and, um, yeah, you, if you don't, you know it when you're there. You know it when you're there. It's just an amazing energy, wouldn't you say, Kim? Absolutely. And within our Atlanta chapter, we offer a variety of opportunities to get involved. Mm. We have tell us about that. Well, we have once a month. We have what we call the first Friday Forum, which is a breakfast time meeting. Um, Marcy mentioned that a little bit earlier, but the format is where we have a topic that's facilitated, but everyone gets to share their ideas and their thoughts and learn from each other. And so that's the first Friday. It's, that's really it's, valuable. It is it's sponsored by Barnes and Thorberg, and um, so then. We also have the monthly lunch and learn program, which is the second Thursday of the month for lunchtime. And that's the one we mentioned a minute ago that the next one coming up October 11th is the governor's candidates forum. And we also have a book club. Yes. Yes. Every other month we have a book group where we actually workshop business books. Um, our facilitator, uh, Maggie Ray, is unbelievable. And you walk out of that meeting with real tangible ways to mm. apply the things you read about in your business. Mm. Uh, fabulous. One of the best things we do. And, and then uh, every other month we have a networking night. Um, more of an evening, casual, uh, great way to check out NABO. Um, come have a, have a glass of wine and a little nosh and uh, after work time. So those are in the evenings every other month on the other month. And as I said, this month, we're actually turning it into an HR fifty fifty party. Yeah, I mean, I've I've uh, even more impressed knowing uh, you know the two of you and Bonnie and and what Nabo has done not only for its members but uh, the business owners that are not members uh, just tremendous uh, value add. Oh my gosh, we do so much and and here's another thing, but we just like remembered um, we also have a CEO roundtable. Um, that is a, a subgroup, a small group mm. of women business owners, owners who mastermind together. So they talk about their particular business issues yeah. and come up with solutions for each other. It's a mastermind group that meets right before our luncheon, and it's a smaller subgroup. So I, I come away uh, even more impressed than I have been already because you're able to cater and assist uh, business owners that are female at all levels. And it isn't, it's inclusive, but you don't, you, Nabo hasn't stopped there. They are doing things for women business owners that aren't even members. And that's, that's almost even more impressive. So uh, it, it's just been a tremendous show. Uh, we've had two great guests here. Uh, Marcy Fortnow with Engaging Play, Kim Ellett with The Growth Coach. Thank you for being such great guests. Any closing comments you want to make about NABO? Well, it's just you have to come to one of our events to really get get the spirit in the room. There's nothing like it. Um, we've got some very exciting things coming up on the horizon as well. We're starting a um, a uh, mentorship program. Yeah, I lost the word. A mentorship program. Um, where we're going to be accepting applications for mentors and for mentees. That's going to be very exciting. We're, we're going to start that very soon and kick it off in January. 
Um, that's just one of the new things on the horizon. Anything else, Kim? You know, it's a great group. I really encourage everyone to come check it out. Um, one of the events that we just mentioned, um, and get, get a taste for yourself. Um, it's, it is a sisterhood and we are business women working together to support each other and lift each other up. If, is there a, a, a membership person or if somebody had interest in uh, joining Novel, how would they check it out? Is there a website or is there a contact person? How All of the above. That? All of the above. <laughs> um, our website is naboatlanta.org, and there's information on the events, that type of thing as well. Um, you can certainly reach out to Marcy or myself um, or our membership team. So, yeah. Ladies, continued success. Thank you for your contributions to your businesses and your organizations, your the female community, and also to Novel. Thank you very much. You've been great guests. Thank you. Thank Corey. you for having us, Corey. Well, Corey, what a way to celebrate the Tuesdays with Corey one year anniversary, right? You excited? It one is. One full yes. year. Yes. It was a great way to celebrate it with uh, some great guests with uh, Nabo. And Marcy, I noticed your fingernails are teal to match Nabo. That's awesome. That's right. <laughs> That's right. We were just at the conference, so my nails are still teal. So you did them for that conference specifically? That's yes. Awesome. There's actually a hashtag <laughs> called Teal Toes. Oh, really? Yeah, wow. Are your toes that. teal too? Then? I did not do that. Oh, okay. Time. But just your nails. It's fine. They're, it's awesome. It's great color. <laughs> matches the coffee mug perfectly. Thank you. <laughs> well, great. Again, um, happy anniversary to Tuesdays with Corey. Thank you. And this great show is one year old, um, and it is brought to you by the Long-Term Care Planning Group. And Corey, if somebody wanted to learn more about yeah. what you do um, and what how the show is made possible, where might they do that? Certainly they can contact me directly at 678-814-5088 or they can email me at Corey, C-O-R-E-Y at, this is all one word, the long-term care planning group.com or they can visit my website at www.thelongtermcareplanninggroup.com. Well, awesome. Again, thank you guys so much and we will see you next time on Tuesdays with Corey. 